The struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. Chadwick Bozeman. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the podcast that helps you be the leader. I'm Jeremiah Sullivan. I'm your host. This is a podcast that will teach you how to be the leader in your life. It'll help you improve everyone around you. But overall, it's designed to teach you how to win. We talk about leadership and we talk about personal performance. But what makes us different is that everything we teach here comes from real world experiences. I've gathered the lessons I've learned from my time in the military and the mentors I've been so lucky to have, and I've compiled them into this podcast. And you might ask why. Why, Jeremiah, are you doing this? Why are you educating and helping people? And well, really, it comes down to remembering a time when I ran into a very, very influential mentor in my life when I was lost. He had experiences I couldn't find anywhere else. And when I ran into him, this man was by the, he went by the name of, well, what I call Major Steele. And he changed the trajectory of my life. He changed my mind the most out of everything. As a result, I got to live out my dream in serving in you know, one of the top units in the entire military. And I, had rem- I remember how I wish I had ran across more influential people like that early on. And so anyways, this podcast exists to return that favor, to share the lessons I've learned from Major Steele and all the mentors in my life to help you succeed. Additionally, there's a huge problem in this world, and that's poor performing people and poor leaders. So it's our mission to help fix that. And by listening to this episode today, you have chosen to be an example for others to follow. You've elected to carry the burden of leadership. And I just want to say thank you. You know, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for participating in our cause. All that I ask is that if you find value, if you, if you listen to this podcast and you find value in today's episode, that you share it with a friend. You know, the information I'm going to share with you is very, very unique. It's going to be very hard to find anywhere else. This is special information. So I just ask for you that, that you share that today, you share this episode with a friend of yours, and that will help us grow the podcast organically. For today's topic, it's, a, it's going to be a personal episode where I go over the leadership lessons and performance lessons from the last year. And the reason why we've chosen to take this direction for today's episode is actually it's, today's my birthday. <laughs> you'll be getting this a couple days afterwards. Uh, it's today's August 30th. We're recording it on my birthday and you'll get it here in, on Tuesday. And, but I want to share the lessons that I've gathered just across this last year to help you out. And these lessons will make you feel more at peace with the path ahead. I guarantee that you find value in each of them, and I guarantee that they help you. But before I get into those lessons, let me just do some brief housekeeping and welcome the man, the myth, the legend, the Michael Jordan of disc golf, Justin Phillips. (laughs) (laughs) It's always something new with you. We need to get something that's going to like stick. Hey, man, variety is good. Variety is good. Is variety good? You think so? Yeah, as long as you're not always in a state of variety. Okay. I guess I get that. Are there, well, certain, are there certain areas where variety is gooder than in others? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it, I kind of think of routines. Routines are good, but routines can also yeah. put you in a rut, right? Like if you practice disc golf on the same exact course all the time, 
yeah. you're going to get better, but you go to a new course and you're not going to be as good because you haven't practiced any variety. Yeah. Routines and variety, I wouldn't say are like mutually exclusive. They're not, they're not opposite of each other. You can have variety in your routine. True. For sure. And still have it be a routine. Very I true. Think. That'd be fun to explore like kind of where that line is drawn, where it becomes like a variation of your routine versus just a different routine. Yeah. Man, I feel like yeah, you're, <laughs> you're, you're putting my brain into like a <laughs> trying to get your right brain now. back in a normal mode after you fried it. Well, you fry your brain every day, but I think, <laughs> I think you like extra fried it yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's get caught up and then we'll go into today's you know topic and everything. And yeah, I did yesterday. This whole week has been awesome, man. Uh, let's catch everybody up. So on your side, actually, before we go into mine. Well, this week uh, it's on our side, really. It's <laughs> What's that? I said this past week has been more so on our side. There's not really much of a split between my side and your side this week. True. Yeah. So the last week was awesome. Uh, you know, Justin flew out to Colorado, Colorado Springs. It was his first flight ever. And not only was it his first, it not, it, not only was it his first flight, but it was a complex situation. He took like three flights to get it to Colorado Springs. Situation. It was a complex situation. It was not my first flight ever. That's not true. But oh, my first one on my own and as an uh, adult, we'll say it that way. First one okay. quite a fucking mile too. It's my first one that wasn't part of like a school trip where the school kind of did everything for me. So yeah. Yeah, you had to buy your own ticket. Well, yes. you know, the company paid for it. But yeah, you yes. bought your own ticket. Yeah, but I had to go through the process and I had to change the goddamn flight because someone screwed me up on that. Yeah, I gave him the wrong dates and it originally, and that threw a, a curveball in his itinerary, and he had to I go think back that was, in. I think that was intentional. I think that was just so I could learn how to do that, too. You were trying to get me to to become a master at travel all in one trip. Everything I do has a reason behind it. I'm always developing, <laughs> I'm always developing, and I'm always teaching, so there's always a reason. Um, so that, that was awesome. You came out. Um, what did we do? So you showed up. We got you settled into your hotel. Yeah. Um, it was part of a, a group team building event that we put together for Conquer Academy. Uh, we got you settled can, in. Go ahead. Can you expand on exactly? So I actually want to talk about this and let people learn from the way you're leading your team right now. Mm -hmm. But can you expand on exactly what the purpose of this trip was for myself and the other members of Conquer Academy that were with us? Because even now, like when I was telling people last week, you know, I'd be Snapchatting them with like a Colorado Springs geotag on Snapchat or something like that. They'd be like, why are you in Colorado? I'd be like, for work, basically, or some variation yeah. of that. And people were like, okay, but like, why? And I didn't really know what to tell them. I was like, because my boss cares about me. Like, sorry, <laughs> sorry if you can't resonate with that. But yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't understand that that's a huge part of building a company and building a team is uh, getting everybody together and doing stuff outside of the clock in clock out environment, you know? And so this trip that we put together at the end of August was a way to get essentially what it was, was team building. And you need to do team building periodically when you're building a company and you all, you know, or if you're already in one, you're not building and you're in a sustainment period, you, you need to build, you need to have team building events because there's a lot of things that happen when you're in person with people. Okay. When you get people together, there's this synergy stuff, like right now, most of the employees and the members in Conquer Academy are working virtually. We, we get on Zoom, we, clock, we check in, we do some meetings, 
We, we, we talk to each other remotely through, um, you know, through Slack, through a chat software. And so we we're really familiar with each other in that environment. But when you can get everybody together with no distractions and you get human beings around each other, there's this new level of energy that you can tap into. And so the purpose of this, this trip was, it was specifically team building. It was to get people immersed and around each other so that they could have, you know, conversations that are outside of the meetings that we hold to allow them to sharpen each other, so to speak. Right. And when you do that, you're, you've already noticed it. And just in the last couple of days, there's, there's a level of enthusiasm and energy in the, in the company right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it really, I think it really solidifies, you know, the friendship, like just the camaraderie between people on a team like that too. And it also just solidifies the fact, and I wish there was a better way to say this, but it solidifies the fact that you're working with other people, you yeah. know, like just getting to spend a couple of days shooting the shit and just doing stuff that has nothing to do with anything. And you're like, oh, like these guys are other human beings. I know, I know for a fact doing my job as my podcast host, I know that most of the people that are listening to this podcast right now are between the ages of about like 23 and 27, I want to say. And definitely not all of them, but a good chunk of them. And I think of it, I think of it this way for people in that age range is that if you've ever had a job in retail or fast food or just kind of one of those you know, sort of starter jobs that everybody goes through. I've had tons of people in the past that are like my work friends that I've literally never seen or spoken to outside of work. And they're yeah. just, they're just not your friends. So, and then, and then it's, it's fun. I don't know. It's fun to get to become friends with the people that you work with. And then everything just kind of runs smoother from that point. It does, you know, and a lot of, a lot of business owners struggle with this side of business. Like <clears throat> this is, this is why, you know, the Zig Ziglar said, you build the people and the people build the business. Okay. And it's hundred percent accurate. A lot of people try to focus on expanding and growing the business first, but they're just one human being trying to get the mechanics of everything going. Instead, if you build the people, then you're, you're, you're going to have an exponential effect in the business. And so it's more important. And the thing that it's more important to build the people first. Okay. And all the money, all your time, all your energy should go into the individuals. But a lot of business owners and a lot of leaders have a hard, a hard time putting time and energy into their teams because they can't, they don't, they, they don't see an immediate return in their minds. They don't see it as an investment. Mm -hmm. They see it as, as an expense, a, a thing I'll get around to. And it's actually the complete opposite is true. And big companies learn that as they scale and they grow and they get more mature. But so, you know, my time in the military taught me that. That's why this shit, that's why this shit's easy for me. It's easy that to know that people come first and then the business will take care of itself, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of companies don't want to eat the expense of flying people out and put them in a hook, whatever, man. Like that stuff is so insignificant when you look at what it's going to do across a five, 10 year, 20 year period, whatever it is um, that, you know, investing in your team is where your money should always go. You know, everybody's like, oh, I should do more Facebook ads, this, that, and the other. No, you should put yeah. the money into your team. Yeah. I mean, some people, you know, really through no fault of their own are just too like quantitative about everything, Yeah, which is, which I've experienced firsthand is a good reason to have someone like you in their corner to kind of just like, you know, grab them by the shoulders and shake them awake a little bit and be like, listen, like get your, get your EQ rolling and understand <laughs> yeah. that. You have human beings working with you here and it's not everything is numbers and and right. not not to discredit numbers. I mean, there's there's definitely a time and a place in every business to 
pay attention to like whether or not what you're doing is actually effective sure. and uh, to quantify things and to and it gives you a good sense of reality. But at the same time, it takes away from what you could be building. Yeah. And, and then, you know, guys, gals listening, if you're not a business owner and you're in your just, you know, you have your small team, your family, like what are you investing into them? You know, are you taking them out? Are you penny pinching and looking for ways to kind of cut costs because you think that that lifestyle is going to be better for the family? No, the truth of the matter is if you invest in time, money into the family, there's going to be an exponential growth in the family, regardless of how bad you think it's going to hurt for the initial <laughs> stint of it. Right. So, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so that's what we did. We did team building out here and um, um, it was awesome having you out. You absolutely, by the way, so guys, this is kind of how it went. Justin flew in, other members flew in, stayed a night, got up the next morning. We all met up for a disc golf competition, uh, played disc golf for a couple hours. We had an agenda for the day. Okay. We got in, we had an agenda, played disc golf, had a barbecue, um, had everybody go back to their hotel. We, then we went out back out for dinner and then the next day everybody flew home. It was very concise, but we got a lot yeah. done in a short period of time. Yeah. Um, by the way, you absolutely killed it on that disc golf course. <laughs> oh, I think I killed it in a different, different sense of the word in my head, but well, was, you showed up, you showed up to one you didn't, you've never trained at before. And then also great. your, your, uh, your throw that you did where it was completely vertical <laughs> and then sideways was, yeah. was pretty awesome. It was guys, he did this throw. He, he teed like, off I on pull that out. Yeah, Justin did this throw where he teed off on the course and uh, just like you would on a, on a golf range, right? You're, you're driving yeah. and he wanted to get it over this tree and down into the basket because this giant tree was in the way. So he throws it vertical, okay? Not horizontal, not left and right, but vertical. It goes over the top of the tree, starts to turn, okay? It goes upside <laughs> down and then it slows down. It continues to turn. It loses its momentum and then falls like, damn near straight down like a <laughs> ufo would out of the side sky right next to the basket like 10 feet away and I, everybody was just like what the fuck <laughs> yeah so I love, I love pulling that out of the bag little like corkscrew action yeah it's a pretty air, sweet kind of. sweet move man um all right so yeah then you know you got you headed back to pa um you got settled in we're recording the podcast on today on sunday and in between um was there anything significant that happened in between returning back and today? No, I woke up at like nine o'clock yesterday and I was like, shit, <laughs> this is so late. Yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. You were, you, you put in some hours, man. You were, I'm back you were moving the, and... back in the proper time zone. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that, that was the other thing was that, you know, I had three planes to get there. I had three planes to get back on the way back. Two of my planes got delayed because they were both broken. So that was, that was That's fun, fun as shit. So yeah, aviation is always fun like, like that. Got back at like two in the morning, my time, which was great. Okay. Yeah. Now great resiliency, bad mother mindset and grit there. Those are core values. Yeah. Of Academy. <laughs> so good work. Um, cool. And then uh, on my side in between, basically, uh, after the disc golf, you know, tournament and after the team building, um, I did some more team building with some clients in Conquer Academy. They came out on Saturday, joined me for Suffering Saturday, and we did a really cool event. We went and climbed uh, Pikes Peak Mountain, and that was awesome because, well, it was awesome for numerous reasons. Um, first thing is that 
it was awesome because we got to get face to face with clients and me. The second thing was awesome was that there was tons of adversity and my ankle is still jacked up. So I had, I had a, a battle ahead of me personally from climbing a, you know, a 14,000 foot mountain. And we ended up doing 20, 24.5, 24.68 miles total, uh, in about, yeah, in about one, well, just one day. And normally that hike takes people several days to do. Mm-hmm. Were these, um, was, were these people that are already in that area that you um, this one with? One of them is kind of like an hour away. He, okay. he lives about an hour north of me. The other one flew in. We've basically got him out of his nine to five and into entrepreneurship. He was doing a project in Arizona. He, uh, okay. And he had some, he's, he's basically traveling around and making the most out of the year. And one of the things he wanted to do was meet in person and do a suffering Saturday workout. Hmm. So, um, we invited him out and, uh, got together. It was like a, I woke, you know, we, I got up at like 3 a.m. or something like that on Saturday. We all met at about 5 a.m., took off, went up the mountain at about 5.30. It was a hell of a, a hell of a climb because, um, like I said, this is a, we climbed Pikes Peak Mountain, which people come all over the country to climb. And we gained about 7,000 feet of elevation. Um, you know, the first two, I, within the first two miles, I rolled my injured ankle again. And I had to decide whether or not I was going to keep going or whether I was going to pull off. And so fought through that <laughs> on the way back down, I rolled it again. Yeah. Um, so a lot of pain there. One of the guys we'll call him Jay Rhino. Jay Rhino is the guy that flew in from out of state. And it's really tough to go from an out of state location to Colorado and, and, and go from 7,000 feet up to 14,000 feet. And he made it, yeah. he grinded through that. The other guy, uh, we'll call him bonk. Bonk 2.0. <laughs> that's his name. And he he is a very, very competitive individual. And so all three of us were in this mountain and on this mountain. We basically stuck together. Um, and by the way, we had another member of the team come out. Um, he was he bit off way more than he could chew, but he did way, way better. He's actually a um employee in, in Conquer Academy. So he came out too, but we took off right out the gate and he was like, Holy shit, you guys are like you guys are going three times faster than I've ever climbed this mountain before. So he went as far as he could um, and made the most out of the trip. We continued pressing. We got towards the top. And as we got towards the top, you know, I, I basically did, uh, what was it? 10 miles of climbing after I rolled my ankle. Okay. So we're climbing up, we're climbing up. Uh, Bonk is there. Uh, you know, Jay Rhino's there. Jay Rhino is like, like I said, from out of state, he's, he's, his, his mind's jacked up physically. He's fatigued. He's pushing, he's in the pain cave fighting through it. Um, bonk and I kind of get into this little like com- competition at the last two miles. We don't, this is funny because we don't say anything like we're all, this is the last two miles of the hike to the, to the top of Pikes Peak summit. And, um, at this point I say, Hey, let's go at our own pace and everybody can break off from each other and start climbing. And just let's just get the most out of it for the individual. So everybody does that. And I'm like limping and climbing for speed, right? I'm just like limping and climbing, limping and climbing. And I, I noticed that Bonk is basically kind of glancing up at me from time to time. And he's in his own little world, but I can tell that he's competing with me. And so naturally I start competing with him and I start and nobody's saying anything. But I'm thinking like, there's no way in hell this guy's going to beat me to the top of this thing. And he's thinking the same thing. There's no way in hell this guy with an injured ankle is going to beat me to the top of this thing. Mm-hmm. And so I would turn a corner 
And then I'd pick up the pace really fast to get some distance between him. And then I'd, I'd kind of start slowing down cruising. I'd look back and see where he was at. And then I caught him like doing a little jog, you know, trying to catch up to me, but, but, but doing it subtly enough so that he didn't think, make me think he was competing with me. But anyways, we, we keep this tempo going. Everybody fights and fights and gets to the top. And uh, we all got up there and then continued to climb down and had an awesome, awesome day. Just, just suffering all day <laughs> it was an awesome awesome day just suffering yeah it was awesome man it's like uh, jeremiah's life in in one sentence <laughs> yeah so that was well it's true but um that was that was how this weekend went and so now we're recording the podcast but that actually transitions me into the lessons that i've learned from this past year unless you have something you want to touch on from that no okay yeah so one of my less guys, gals, listen up. And these are, these are going to be really important lessons because, uh, I wish I would have learned these 10 to 15 years ago. I really do. And one of the lessons I broke these into leadership lessons and I broke them into performance lessons. So starting with leadership, the first lesson I learned from the last year is that bringing others with you will bring you more fulfillment than, and then the outcome itself, you know, and if you think about the, the Pikes Peak climb that we did this weekend, and Justin, I'd be curious as we go through these, if there's examples in your life where you've experienced these lessons already, and maybe this new awareness will show you that, okay, I need to focus more on that lesson. And as a listener, you guys should be doing the same. So Pikes Peak, you know, I could have done that by myself. If I had done climb Pikes Peak on a Saturday by myself, I would have been happy. I would have been satisfied. But there was a new level of fulfillment because one, I brought other people with me. They suffered too. And then on top of that, I actually got more out of myself by having others there. You know, if I, when I rolled my ankle going up Pike's Peak within the first two miles, I had a decision to make. Dude, I couldn't walk. I tried to walk on that thing. I almost collapsed right after it happened. It was brutal. And so, but I was thinking, I'm like, man, I was like, you know, the smart thing to do would probably be come off the hill here. And uh, I was like, no, 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 let's just, let's just give it some time, figure if it, if it starts to hurt more, I will stop. But if it doesn't, I'm going to keep rolling. And so it, it, it got better and I ended up climbing and what ended up happening was we were able to finish the entire hike. And not only that, but the rest of the team didn't quit either because they saw me work through that. And that brought me a lot of fulfillment. So from a, on a fitness side, bringing others with you will bring you more fulfillment than the actual outcome, right? And then inside of Conquer Academy, this lesson has hit me a lot this year because it's been awesome. We're growing significantly every day and every month. That's awesome. The outcome has been cool. The number of clients, the number of all that shit. But what's been really awesome is the little stuff like Justin, for example, since the listeners here know you, you know, it's like working together and now you have your bathroom floor no longer has a <laughs> hole in it because you were able to pay to get that fixed, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, or the car, the new car that you bought. Right. Yes. And these are things that I, you know, when you start out in life that you don't really think about a whole lot, you're really focused on the outcome. You're like, okay, I'll get this and I'll do this. I'll achieve this. But along the way, what I've learned through this last year, especially is that bringing others with you on the journey will bring you more fulfillment than the actual outcome itself. It's enduring. And I'm curious from you, you know, have you experienced something like that in this last year? Yeah, I would definitely say so. I mean, I just I just love seeing people win. You know what I mean? And when we talk about yeah. like we talk about winning a lot. Jeremiah talks about winning a lot. And um, but it's not this it's not the zero sum type of winning where it's like, 
you know, and I know Andy started, he had that phase in his podcast. I don't know if he still does it where he used to like to always ask people like, Hey, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Yeah. Type of thing. And it's like, I like winning. I love seeing winning, whether I'm doing it or someone else is doing it. Yeah. Like, I don't care to see my enemies lose per se. I just like to see my friends win all the time. So yeah, I mean, in every aspect of my life, like if I go out to, you know, we have a disc golf league in my town. And if I go there and I get obliterated by someone that shoots like the course record, I'm like amped up to see them get that course record. Yeah. So I'm like, holy shit, dude, like that's awesome. You know, yeah. and it's in my business too. Like I get, I probably get more excited about getting work for the people that I work with than I do for myself. You know, I handle all like the podcast production stuff, but anything I get graph, anytime I get graphic design work for my graphic design guy or like voice work for one of my friends, that's a voice actor. And I can find that. And I can like, I can be the connector between like what they want to do and them actually doing it. Yeah. It just it feels awesome. It makes you feel useful. <laughs> Yeah. And not only and it does, it makes you feel yeah useful, fulfilled in between outcomes. And so listen, like guys and gals listening, if you're, you're striving for an outcome right now and you're only focused on the outcome, you're missing the bigger picture, bring some people with you, you know, and, and look to inspire influence and help those around you as you continue to climb and see yourself as this facilitator. And what ends up happening is you actually get to the level that you're trying to get to a lot quicker and the process becomes more enjoyable. So that's a key lesson from this last year. The other thing, okay, real quick. The other thing that bringing others with you will do is it will it will make everybody in the team better because what happens when you get a group around each other is that there's this synergy, there's this energy, there's this natural competitive nature. And sometimes it's not a cutthroat competitive nature where it's like, I'm trying to beat you. It's just a, 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 an energy that everybody wants to do better. You know, if you look at the Pikes Peak example from this weekend, Jay Rhino, he got better because he saw me roll my ankle and he started digging in even harder. He was like, yeah, I'm from out of state, but this guy's injured in his head, right? And he's digging in. On top of that, um, Bonk, he has this thing. I'll tell you guys this little, this will be good for the listener too. He has this, this guy, Bonk, he, he uh, is very driven off of um, competing with people inside of his mind, imaginary people and real world to the, to the point where he creates a versus list in his mind. He takes that, the level that he wants to achieve at, he assigns a person to it and then he competes with it. Okay. For one, one, one person in his life is his wife. <laughs> okay. So this guy, he's like, his wife is growing a business too. He has his. And so on his versus list, he's competes against his wife all the time. Well, guess what? On other sides of his life, he competes. I'm on his versus list and we got together. And so now all of a sudden we're rolling, we're climbing up this hill again. He sees me injured. Plus I'm on his versus <laughs> list. And guess what that does? It causes a competitive drive inside of him. So for, and then for me, okay, here I am, I get injured. I'm on this hike and I, I have to stretch and test my resilience. I also, um, you know, have to make sure that I'm living up to the, who I want to be, right? Cause a lot of times in life you communicate who you want to be and you're striving for this standard, the standard of excellence, the standard of winning. And so when I start getting injured along the way, it really does test me as an individual. So boom, I get better. So the bottom line here is that ladies and gentlemen, as you're continuing your climb from one goal to the next, 
or you're building your team from one, one phase to the next is that you need to bring people with you because it'll bring more fulfillment. It'll make you better, make everyone else around you better. Okay. Um, so that's enough on that lesson. Um, le lesson number two is in leadership. Okay. The one I want to highlight is that Captain Carl's exist everywhere. Okay. Captain Carl's, for those that aren't familiar, is like the shitty leader. He's the shitty person, the one that criticizes, the one that tries to make you feel like shit. And I've experienced this individual in the last year more than I've experienced him at any other time in my life, probably. And the reason, he, to shape him a little bit more, he, he's the one that constantly tries to make you feel inferior to him. Maybe he exists on social media. Okay, maybe he's a guy commenting on your social media post that says, hey, you shouldn't be writing it like this. You shouldn't <laughs> do this. Or he's the person at your work that, you know, he knows that you're talented and yet he finds ways to assert himself over you to reassure him himself, his ego that, you know, he is relevant. Okay, so he is a guy that cuts you off, constantly expresses authority over you, tries to make you feel like shit really hasn't accomplished much himself. And what I've realized in this last year is that you're not going to get away from him. You're not going to get away from Captain Carl. You know, I used to think that the more I would achieve and the higher I would go, the more I would be able to get away from that person. But the truth of the matter is he shows up more. <laughs> okay. So the, la the, le the lesson here is, is that he exists, but that you, you need to use Captain Carl to become better. Okay. Um, and I can think about Facebook posts and stuff like that, that, you know, people have commented on. And what I do as an individual is I create a, a haters and fuel album in my cell phone. <laughs> and I essentially put every captain Carl that I run into in that thing. Like I just screenshot the message. I put it in there, make a note in my phone. I put it in there and I use that stuff to fuel me throughout certain times. Um, I don't have resentment towards these people, by the way. That's a totally different direction. I want, I just want to have a competitive edge and uh, leverage their comments and their hate to make myself better. Would, Justin, do you have anything in your life in this last year that is, is um, can, that you can relate to with that lesson that, that Captain Carl exists, but that you're, <laughs> that you're using him to become better? Uh, I don't know if I've gotten, I don't know if I've... Um advanced to the point of really thinking about how to use them to get better yet. I'm absorbing that as you say it right now and trying to think of what I can do. But yeah, I feel like I have, um, if you were to break Captain Carl's down into like subcategories, I feel like one of those subcategories would be like the armchair quarterbacks. And yeah. those are my favorite. And I yeah. can think of a good handful of those that I have to deal with mostly on the golf course, but um, outside of stuff like that too. Just people that literally have no track record of being good at what they do, trying to teach you how to be better because it somehow reaffirms to them that they know what they're talking about or something. I don't know. I don't even know what it's a case. <laughs> but yeah, there there are those people that you just see and it's like, they, they tell you something and you're just like, why are you talking? <laughs> like, yeah. what can you actually do? Yeah. And you know, when people come up to me like playing disc golf that, you know, let's say I can throw a disc fucking... 300 feet and some guy that's max drive is like 220 feet comes up and starts telling me how I can get more distance on my throws. <laughs> and I'm like, 
I'm just going to do not what you're telling me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a valuable lesson is like you, you take the advice of the person that you know for a fact yeah. does not know how to get to the goal and you do the opposite of what they say because then you should be getting it right. And this is, I, f- I feel like this is a huge problem created, honestly, in the world of, and maybe we're kind of, you know, shooting ourselves in the foot here, but in the world of podcasts and YouTube videos and like free information all over the internet is like what really swells that problem because people see something that some sort of influencer or something or other says in a brilliant way, you know, like Gary Vee says that self-awareness is yeah. a good thing. And then like everybody in the world's like, oh my God, that's such a good point. 98% of them not having any fucking self-awareness themselves, <laughs> like going around telling people about it's, it's a mess. Yeah. It's so mess for, for an individual, for a leader that's that to, so that we don't become a captain Carl, the lesson from that lesson is that we should we should stick to our area of expertise and make sure that we're paying attention to the advice that we're giving people. If you don't know something or you can't produce the result that the person ahead of you is trying to get and you get asked for the advice, just tell them straight up that you don't you're not an expert in that area. I use that all the time. I'm like, dude, <laughs> yeah. this I'm like this is way outside of my norm. I was like, this is this is what I do, but I want to say that this first. I'm not an expert in that field. Like I get people hitting me up for stock trading advice all the time. And I'm like, I'm, and I tell them, I'm like, Hey, I, I did day trade for a couple of years, but here's the context of what I understand. And here's the lessons I learned from this scope of life. Okay. You know, I'm not saying so anyways. Yeah. Great lesson yeah. on, <laughs> on captain Carl. Like he's, he exists and the way to use him to become better is, you know, to find a way to turn that hate into fuel. But don't have resentment towards the people that are doing it. Just understand it's part of the process. It's part of growth as you continue to grow. And that was a hard, uh, it's been a big realization for me in this. And don't just label everyone that you don't like or disagree with as a Captain Carl. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Because you don't like them or if they actually do know something that you don't and you just don't agree, that doesn't make them the armchair quarterback. I mean, take, take what they say. You know, think about it. Maybe, you know, some guy that barely knows how to play is telling me I'm throwing my discs a little bit too nose up. He's probably wrong, but I'm still going to like pay attention to my next throw. Be like, is it nose up? Like, right, right. You have, you evaluate. That's a good point. They, you maybe you get some criticism from a cra- Captain Carl, but you can still take what he's pointing at and assess and evaluate how well you're doing in that area. I've, I've definitely uh, done that personally. It's like, hey, I don't believe in what he's saying, but let me take a closer look at this. And see if I can make this one thing a little bit better. Um, great example. The uh, the next lesson, leadership lesson from this past year is that the world needs more leaders now than ever. And I've been thinking about this a lot because, you know, maybe it's just my scope of life. Maybe it's just the people that I, I look at and the areas I get information. But I feel like maybe there's a listener out there that feels the same way. Like we are being herded as sheep in a bad direction. You know, I feel like the world as a whole, the news that I receive, the, uh, the stuff that ends up going viral on the internet, it's all designed to get me as an individual, a consumer essentially, um, or a sheep in this aspect or this example to go a certain direction. And I, I see some leaders out there making some scary, scary decisions. And Charlie Munger talks about what's going on in the U.S. right now with COVID, politics, uh, the election, 
protests and and he he would the outcomes that we're experiencing daily like um specifically the let's just take this as an example uh wearing wearing masks in public okay for covid yeah. all right that is an outcome that we're all experiencing well charlie munger would say likely say that the reason why we are, this outcome exists is because of the Lollapalooza effect. It's a combination of different things, right? Which the Lollapalooza effect means that you take a bunch of random sequences and random events all the way around you, human behaviors, and the combination of all that causes the outcome. Now that there, there, I'm not saying there's not truth to wearing, like there's not health risks right now. I'm not saying that I'm not trying to pick apart masks, but what I'm saying is that what we're experiencing as individuals across the country right now is a product of a bunch of leaders having influence and causing us to be a part of it's just a, it's i'm trying to get the words here but it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 pulling us in a certain direction and so what i've realized in this last year is that we need more leaders stepping up and kind of breaking the direction that we're being forced to go does that make sense first? And then we can expand on it. For the most part, I can see where it would be fuzzy for some people. The way that I kind of think about it is just, and this is mostly in America. I don't know about the world just because I'm ignorant and I don't know about what goes on in the world. But um, I know in America right now, I heard this the other day and it really just kind of brought it to the forefront with me is that someone asked like, who, who is out there right now that if they told us you know, they said like, hey, we should do this. You know, let's say there was a, an objective, definitive solution to COVID-19. And it just had to be communicated to the public. Who would be able to say it where people would actually listen? Right. There, There's no one. There is no one out there right now that can get like the good majority of people to actually listen up because right. we don't have a real leader. I mean, we have people that, you know. 30 maybe percent 40 percent of people will listen to but there's like no one that can get a good majority of people to on board with anything yeah and and, and you're 100 right it's, we, we have a lack of leadership in our country at all levels at the very top to the very bottom and the and the way you can assess that is in what you said which is there is an inability to influence the masses from a single person or, or multiple people right um, there's this conflict, you know, and, and the reason why I'm highlighting this lesson in today is because um, there was a, a story of a during during this pandemic that's going on. You know, a lot of people have lost jobs and a buddy of mine basically started a fundraiser for this guy because he was he had a landscaping business. OK, and somehow through covid he basically was fighting for survival financially and he had to sell everything to include his car, to stay in business and keep food on the table for his family and all these different things. And there was this picture that was taken of this young man driving around and he had um, a lawnmower and some weed eating stuff and his landscaping equipment in a little trailer attached to his bicycle. Okay, and this picture kind of was being spread around. And the, the person that posted it said, was basically, they took a photo from inside their car and they said, hey, somebody should get this guy 
a new car so he can do his yeah. job. Okay. And my buddy, he took that photo. He found it when it came across his page. He created a fundraiser and he put it on his Instagram and he said, you know what? When, some, when you say that somebody should do something about it, it's you that should be doing something about it. And so what he ended up doing is he took the initiative, he stepped up, he became a leader and he started this fundraiser. This guy now has $70,000 um, you know, uh, donated to him to get this guy a car. It's at $70,000 and it started because, and the buddy that I'm referring to doesn't have a huge following. Okay. He has a little bit of a following, but what he did is he took that and he's, and he said, you know what? You're right. Somebody should do something about it. And that somebody is me. And so as a society, that's what I'm saying is that we're always looking up that at, to somebody else yeah. to solve the problems. And it, so if you as a listener or, and I'm saying this to myself too, if you catch yourself saying somebody should do something about yeah. that, you're the one that's supposed to do something about it. And there's a lot of, I, I mean, I know exactly who you're talking about and so on and so forth, but, um, and that, that exact same story pops into my head every time I get into this conversation of like, be the change you want to see. Like it's so much more for you. For example, I put money into that fundraiser that you're talking about, yeah. you know, and I saw it, it, it was probably like 10 bucks, but you know, $10 into a GoFundMe is doing more for someone than commenting someone needs to buy this guy a truck. You know, that comment doesn't do shit for anybody. Right. <laughs> and it's like, so, you know, and if everybody that thought like, man, wouldn't it be nice if someone bought this guy a truck, just fucking coughed up $5. There's a lot of people on this planet. There's a lot of people on the internet. You could probably afford a truck with that. So now, yeah. And uh, so since we're on that, what's looking back in your lesson from, you know, leadership lesson from this last year, you, you kind of touched on it there. What's the one big, what's a important lesson that you learned in this last year in terms of leadership? It's that leadership starts within yourself slash being the change that you want to see, which is more specifically what we're talking about in this case. But this also goes back into what we were talking about earlier, um, kind of a little bit with the nose up stuff I was talking about too, but also getting your own ability to a certain level before you start trying to tell other people how to get to that level. Yeah. You know, and just, but yeah, I mean, I think that's the most important thing that I've realized in the last year and that it's kind of it, truly actions speak louder than words. Um, you know, ways that I've acted on that too, is that I, I make it a point now to donate specifically. I mean, money is just a huge thing in my own mentality and kind of my own brand that I like to talk about the fact that money does make a difference yeah. in um, people's lives. So I try to at least like once or twice a month, I see, we all see those like Facebook birthday fundraisers popping yeah. up when they're scrolling through now, all just, I'm like, oh, I've got 20 bucks, you know, here's this or here's that yeah. and whatever. And um, especially on those, it's interesting because you can see like people can't see how much you donated, but I know that I donated $20 or whatever the number is. And then I can see how much total has been donated and it's $20. So, you know, you can also see that like you're the only person actually doing anything. And there's a certain point in your life when you get across the threshold of the, of the likes and the reacts on Facebook, you know, you realize a really popular person posts one of those and they get 797 heart emoji reacts to it. 
And it's like, oh, everybody loves you so much. But then it's like this fundraiser has raised thirty five dollars. <laughs> yeah. You know, another fun one that people can do is uh, uh, fill up a parking meter. Okay, if you see, if you, I do this nice. one from time to time, I don't, and because it's a cool one, because nobody will ever know that you did it. Like this guy, yeah. I walk, I go buy a car. There, uh, you know, the meter's expired. I toss in a couple bucks, right? Just kind of yeah. refill it. If you got it on, I got. Hey, do I have change on me? Toss it in, and nobody will know. The guy will be like oblivious. He'll be stressing that he's inside the restaurant. And he's like, oh man, I'm probably gonna get a ticket. He'll go out there. He'll see like an extra thirty minutes on his thing. Like, oh shit, how'd this happen? Yeah. Or, so really, so can you say the lesson one more time? So, so somebody wants to write it down, they can. Yeah, leadership starts with you. I mean, Good. that's the lesson. Good. If we're gonna put it down to boil it down to a sentence. That's awesome. All right, let's move into performance lessons from the last year. The first one that I'll hit on is that the critics mean you're on the right path. And I talked a little bit about this with the Captain Carl one and the leadership, but I, I want to hit home on this one because or hammer home on this one because um it, it it I think a lot of people are expecting to climb the ladder in their profession or in business or whatever it is. And they're expecting to do it without criticism. And I want to assure you that as you climb, the more comments come mean that you're on the right path. Okay. You're going to get more positive and you're going to get more negative. It's going to happen. Now be the guy that takes the criticism and you turn it into productive feedback. How can I make an adjustment from this? Okay. But don't take it so personal that it stops you in your tracks. Okay. We're running Facebook ads right now. Okay. Everybody, if you listen to this, you're, you're probably seeing my face on a Facebook ad. Okay. <laughs> it's just the way my marketing team, we're targeting the hell out of you. All right. <laughs> so, so just be aware that like, okay, well, one thing is that criticism and critics are going to be there. Right. But I like, we're, 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 we have Facebook ads that are out there. I get all kinds of comments from people that have no idea about my backstory, who I am, whatever, that just look at the Facebook post and they're like, Hey, you're, this guy's a fucking, this guy's a, he's a, he's a, he's a liar or whatever. And I'm like, dude, you know, on it, you know, integrity is like one of my biggest core values. And anyways, you know, nothing about me, but you're going to go ahead and criticize. So understand that that means you're on the right path because guess what happens after we did the ads Companies start scaling even more. Same thing with mixed martial arts. I told, told some people I was going to do some MMA to begin with. And guess what the first comments were? Hey man, don't you think you're too old to start that? Guess what happened? I got happier. <laughs> I got happier doing MMA. Yeah. So just remember when you get criticism from people, it means that you're on the right path. You're going to have more happiness on that direct in that direction. And, uh, just don't shut down when it happens is all I'm asking. Um, anything on that one, Justin? No, that's the, uh, if you don't already know it, I think we did an episode on it, but I mean, understand the the crabs in a bucket theory or whatever it's called. I, I forget what it is. I looked it up once on Google, but you just look up crabs in a bucket. That's what they're talking about. You know, the second, the second that people start trying to pull you down is basically the second that you should realize you are on your way up. Yeah. You know, people can't pull you down if you're, not somewhere to be pulled down from i guess yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly (laughs) that's really good um the next lesson the next performance lesson this one is really good because it's been a constant in my life but it was reaffirmed this last year and the lesson is from a performance standpoint you need to seek out the best and get around great people 
you know, if, if you're not constantly looking for the next great group, you're going to end up stagnant. And when you're trying to achieve, don't, don't necessarily, don't, we talked a little bit about, we've talked about this in previous episodes, but the point here is that you want to look for the great people in your, that are accessible to you. Okay. Um, with mixed martial arts, when I was trying to pick a gym here in this last year, what did I do? I, I went in, I looked at every single gym that I could find, looked online and I said, okay, who's the best? Who's the best according to the direction that I want to go? Okay, this gym, they only do jujitsu. They have a phenomenal jujitsu trainer, but they don't have the other aspects. So I found this one. I found Victory MMA. I was like, this is the best gym around. It's got Gilbert Smith, former RF1 world champion, former UFC fighter. It's got Justin Mercado, 30 professional fights out of Hawaii. And you know, with those individuals, I have learned more about mixed martial arts and how to think about mixed martial arts and about competition and, and fighting than I could anywhere else. Okay. So when you get around great people and the best, that's going to change your perspective. It'll teach you how to think correctly. You know, all of them, the, the, the great, the two great individuals that I mentioned, I have another individual that I talked to that's a professional fighter and I won't bring his name up here because I don't have it. I just can't, but, um, this guy's a world-class fighter and all three of these people, they have similar language and, and they don't, not all three of them know each other, okay? Um, but they all have similar language. And one of the things that they've all talked about is the lifestyle of being a fighter, okay? And I, when I stepped into mixed martial arts this year, I didn't think about the lifestyle. I was thinking about it as a goal. And so through their language and experience, I started thinking about it differently. I was like, man, okay, if this path continues, this will be a lifestyle. So you really got to take that into consideration. And so... I never would have thought about that before. It changed my perspective. Holy shit, people can do this for eight hours a day, right? Yeah. Eat, eat, train, and work out, and 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 study film, and and try to get better eight hours. And I'm like, damn. I thought it was just like maybe two to four hours a day, you know. And and if you did that enough, you could be you could be awesome. But no, these guys changed my perspective, and so it it introduces you to a new level of performance when you get around individuals like that. Um, what about you, Justin? On your side, is there? Have you found that getting around the best in this last year has helped you out? Oh, one gazillion percent because that's a number. But yeah, and I mean, it's just a whole different thing. What would your advice be on um, actually finding these people or, and or identifying if they are the right people to be around? First thing is pick the goal that you have. Get very, very specific. Okay, you have to get clear on the goal that you want and then find and then and then really just start off by asking yourself, where can I find that individual? So for me, it was like, hey, you know, I want to I want to my goal is I want to learn martial arts. Okay, very clear, pretty clear. Then I started getting more specific. Okay, what exactly inside of martial arts do I want to learn? Well, I want to learn a mix of jujitsu. I want to learn kickboxing, Muay Thai. I'll, I want to be all around. I don't want to be just one dimensional. So then the vision kind of gets a little bit more clear. And so from there, you just break it all the way down and a lot, you know, you just reverse engineer it off of that. Okay. And when you get to the point of having a ton of clarity, then you can say, okay, now where can I find somebody that has a mixed martial arts background that has the experience I'm looking for that can make me a well-rounded fighter. And then you, you'll have an idea of where to take the next step. You'll be like, okay, well now I get on, now I need to get on Google and start looking for gyms where this thing exists and you'll have the clarity. Okay. So 
with that, once you have the clarity, you can get closer to those individuals. Um, and you want to make it so that you want to pick, you want to pick people, places, and things that are accessible at first and have your eye on some of the bigger ones. You know, I have people in my mind that I'm trying to get to in about 10 years that are in this right. direction. I'm like, Hey, it's going to take me some time. And guess what? I did the same thing in entrepreneurship. It took me four or five years to get around those people, but I never lost sight of it. I kept it in the back of my mind. Now some of them are friends. So, you know, have a vision for it, get clear and, uh, just do what makes sense. That's really as simple <laughs> as that. It's awesome. What is your, what is your idea on like the idea of settling? Like, let's say, let's, let's stick with your martial arts example. Let's say you couldn't, or maybe it did, maybe it took you, you know, a little while to actually find the right people. But let's say you find someone that's like half what you need. Would you say, go with that person if you're really struggling to find someone else or would you say like hold off on it wait till you find the right people no maybe for example maybe i want to be a world-class disc golfer but yeah. i can't get to the world-class level but i can get to somebody that has competed at the professional level yes you should get around them and your your goal is to leapfrog all these people and yeah. they can know it too you can tell them i tell my trainer justin merck all the time he's a black belt in jujitsu he's got 30 mm -hmm. professional fights I tell him I want to beat him, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, but he wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't perform at the world-class level. So he's an example of somebody in my life, but there's still value there. You just have to um, make the most of what you have and don't neglect it. A lot of people think that they have to move to another state, move to another country to be the absolute best. It's absolutely not true. Conor McGregor is a great example. He said the same thing. He said a lot of people try to search for these different teams to be a part of. He's like, I always just try to make the most out of what I had. And so, yeah, make the most out of it, but don't do it, you know, haphazardly. Like you got to use these people every single day. I train with Justin Merck. I said, Hey man, like I tell him, thank you for the training first thing. And then I, I pull out the key thing that we got better at. I was like, Hey, where were the big lessons from today? And I'm going to do that every single, and I don't mean once a week. I mean, every time we train, I'm asking him and eventually I'm probably going to stump him to some degree. Okay. <laughs> and at that point I should know I should be looking for the next person or maybe if he's doing the right thing and he wants to be with me long-term, which he does, he's going to start studying on his own too and get better. And now guess what happens? I'm getting better as a fighter. He's getting better as a coach. So by helping out, by forcing on the other individual and, uh, and, and exhausting somebody that maybe isn't at that upper, upper, upper tier that you're after, you can make them better and, and also it will help you on your way, right? Well, what about you for performance? So if you had to look back on the last year, what's an what's a important lesson in performance that you learned? Um, an important lesson in performance that I learned or that I kind of sum everything into is uh, focus. And also that actually kind of goes into specificity, but um, mostly focus and getting clear, getting clear on what you want to do, but also just staying clear on what you want to do is a big part of it and getting rid of distractions really for performance, I think has probably been the biggest thing. Yeah. Give an example or share a story about how focus has helped you um, specifically. Yeah. So for me, it's mostly in terms of I've spent a lot of time like consciously learning how to eliminate distractions from my life and also kind of reflect a little bit and be ruled myself about like, hey, this past week I spent like way too much time on my phone or this, that, and the other. And to me, it comes down to this idea. I, I like to look at things in my 
day-to-day life to see how it just kind of affects me because I, I feel like if I can improve my focus all the time, then I'll definitely improve my focus when I need to. But the less I've paid attention to you know, political news, the less I've, I've turned like all notifications off on my phone and that kind of thing and kind of got myself clear in that aspect has probably boosted my performance in literally everything that I do. Yeah. And made me better at literally everything that I do and um, has kind of caused me my whole life to have people tell me that I have too much time on my hands because I don't spend that time being distracted by everything. And then I actually learn things and so on and so forth. Yeah. I'm, your uh, audio right now is coming in. All of a sudden, the connection is really, really bad. But I can summarize what you're saying. And, and the bottom line, like your even your video that I'm looking at is starting to move really weird. So um, yeah. no worries. But I, I got the gist of it. And I'll summarize kind of what you were saying. And that's basically that by tuning out your distractions, it's helped you get more focus on the things that are important to you. And in turn, it's actually created more time, which has also increased your performance too. So I agree with that a lot. I agree with, with the lesson that, you know, focus and clarity, um, are, are components of productivity and their components of performance specifically. So if you want to increase your personal performance for your goal, you, you got to get more focused as, as a listener. So you're listening right now. How can you get more focused on the task at hand? How can you increase your clarity on the task at hand? So a good bit fitness example is I want to do mixed martial arts. Well, what specifically do I want to get better at in mixed martial arts? And then if you take that to a whole nother level, what do I need to focus on today? You know, I'm going to step into practice tonight, whatever it is. What's the one thing that I want to practice today? Not like, Hey, I want to become a, a better martial artist. That's kind of vague and ambiguous. But if you have the focus of like, I'm trying to get better at arm bars today and you do that every single day, then your performance increases your, the, the outcome that you're working towards shortens, like the timeline it shortens. So, um, I think that's a phenomenal lesson. I think it's a phenomenal lesson too. There, and there's, I, I think there's a couple of different elements to focus. There's focus in the sense of like getting clear on your goals, kind of like what you were just saying with the, you know, picking something that you actually want to get better at and then doing that until you get better at it. There's also like focus in the moment type of stuff too, you mm-hmm. know, which I think about, you know, when I'm playing disc golf, for example, my best scores always come when I'm just throwing well and I'm throwing well because for some reason there are just days when my focus is so much sharper and I never know what you do. It's not really something I've figured out how to talk myself into. Maybe there's a way for me to get myself into that state or whatever. Uh, maybe I have to take like seven scoops of alpha brain before I, <laughs> before I go out. But, um, Shout yeah. out Alpha Brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but good, good deal. No, that's really good. Um, so let's let's go ahead and wrap it up, and let's let's close off. This is this is a really awesome episode today. I know I have some things to think about and continue to refine based off of these lessons. I really liked your mention mm-hmm. of of focus, um, and and how can I get more focused today in this moment and cut out distractions, um, and then your leadership lesson. Yeah, I mean, I live that lesson that you gave on leadership, or at least I try to every single day, and that's to change yourself first because I, I've experienced it firsthand. You know, you're gonna have a, the better you can do as an individual, the better your team's gonna do. Um, do you have Do you have anything before we close up? Not really. I think we hit all hit all our bases over the course of the past hour. Yeah, good deal. 
All right, so ladies and gentlemen, as you're as we're closing up here, I want to give you some stuff to take home and some homework to do. And you know, this might sound a little simple, but it's going to be very very powerful for your own life is you know, capture your lessons from the last year. What are your leadership and what are your performance lessons from this last year? And maybe you don't have a big team, but you have a family or you have a friend. What's your biggest lesson from this last year in terms of leadership? Okay, what do you do, what do you do, what do you need to do more of in terms of leadership? What do you need to do more of in terms of your performance? What do you need to do less of in each? Okay, so give that some thought today. Reflect on it, capture them, um, and do it. You know, in celebration of my birthday because <laughs> it is my birthday today. And guys, I like to do this. I like to do these check-ins throughout the year. Okay. And one of the check-ins that I do as an individual is on my birthday. And so you can adopt that on your own is how am I doing, you know, as an individual, as I progress from one year to the next, okay, how, what do I need to improve on? So that was the real purpose of today's episode is for me to share kind of some of the lessons that I've learned this last one. Um, and these are things that I'm going to improve on in the future, at least strive to. And so that's what I leave you with today. Um, in closing, I want to kind of, cl- I want to close off with this um, you know, really with some hope. Okay. Cause I know there's individuals out there that this last year for them has been a little rough. It's been hard. There's been a lot of adversity and you're thinking about, man, like you want me to look at the lessons that I've learned in leadership and performance. And I'm just, I'm just trying to survive, or I'm just trying to get out of survival mode into stability mode or from stability into success. Like I don't have time for that, but listen, I know that everybody's going through something nobody knows anything about. And so if you have been faced with some adversity this year, remember that there are lessons in that adversity and it's your job to pull it out. Okay. Because if you don't pull out the lessons then you're just getting beat up for no reason, pull out the lessons in your adversity. It's your job to do that. And if you do, you're going to end up getting closer to the destination and the destiny that's designed for you. Okay. What adversity ends up doing for an individual is it causes a course correction. Okay. It causes you to pivot when you hit something and hit an obstacle. Hey, I don't know whether to go left and right. You make a decision and you go a different direction. And through that, you end up closer and closer and closer to the, to the destiny that is ahead of you. Okay. But it's your job to pull out those lessons. And I want to close off with that because, um, Chadwick Bozeman recently passed away. Okay. For those of you that don't know him, he played in the movie Black Panther. And the unfortunate thing about this individual is that he was, he was 43 years old. Okay. And he, he passed away. Um, I believe, um, I don't know that specific type of cancer, but he had cancer. And this individual not only had a significant effect on our society and our culture, but he demonstrated one of my core values, which is grit and a bad mother mindset. And another core value of servant leadership. Chadwick continued to record and produce um, films while he had cancer. Okay, and he did it because he believed in it was his purpose. Now talk about adversity. Why would a man choose to continue his profession when he's living with something like that? And it's because he felt like that was his purpose. 
And if he can get through that and he can continue to produce movies and, and live a fulfilling life and, and he can handle that adversity, we can all handle a little more adversity in our life. So pull out the lessons from your adversity this last year. Pull out the lessons that you've learned. And remember the quote that I said at the beginning of this episode. The struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. Chadwick Boseman. Until next time, be a leader. I need some motivation. motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Crying myself and I yell at the wall. Begging to run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. I am a queen. I am more than the people can see. I am strong when I'm needing to be. Vulnerability's nothing to me. You can try, but I'm unshakable. My successes is never debatable. I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable. You gotta go hard, better get it.